0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Come once a week like that and can plug up out there, and we can save them a half a tank of gas. That way they can use it places that they don't need or they don't have any kind of electric hookup. All right, let's look in Psalms 104. And verse 30, Psalms 104 and verse 30, the Bible says, You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. God's spirit is constantly moving. God's Spirit has brought forth life and power and strength. Even when you think about how in Genesis it talks that God hovered over all of his creation as it was all being formed and put in place. I want you to know the Spirit of the living God is hovering over the earth right now. And sometimes we hear people talk about, well, space exploration, is there life out here? Are there aliens? Are there UFOs that are visiting? Have they come and taught the Egyptians how to build uh, the pyramids? Did they go down into Peru and uh, help the people build the early civilization down there? I got to tell you something. Man come up with all kinds of solutions and ideas, but God placed in his word that he was putting life here upon this planet. And I don't know exactly why Mars is where it is or why Venus is where it's at or Jupiter or any of the others, but I can tell you all of them are there in perfect balance so that life on this earth can exist and that you and I can be blessed. God has a plan for mankind. Amen? Hallelujah. And if there's other solar systems out there, if there's other things that are going on that one day we need to find out about, we'll know then. But until then, all I need to know is what the Bible says. All I need to know is the power that God has and a plan that he has for every single one of us. By God's spirit, man was physically created. By God's spirit, he is spiritually recreated. Think about that one. By God's spirit, man was physically created. We know what took place in the garden. We know all these things as God breathed the spirit into that dust that was put together and that dirt, as Pastor Jeff called you all on Sunday morning, just to remind you of that part. I may have said other things, but remember, he called you dirt. Now, then it goes on, and we see here by God's spirit, he is spiritually recreated, God has a spiritual change just waiting for people. All they have to do is call out to him. So sometimes when you see ruthless dictators or people that are oppressing their own people in their nation or other groups like this, please know that that is a signal for all of us to pray. Know this, that if God can get a hold of the Apostle Paul, who hated the early church, who looked for every which way he could to persecute them and actually thought he was doing God a favor when he was coming against the early church, when God grabbed hold of him on the Damascus Road, he changed his life and he changed history in all of mankind. Hallelujah. How many Apostle Pauls are out there tonight that are walking out on the streets, that are out there possibly involved in something that is unseemly, but they have that kind of leadership inside their heart that they could begin to speak and people would listen and lives would be changed. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we've talked about this through the years many times, but Elvis Presley had such an impact on our nation when it comes to music But unfortunately, when he was a very young boy and attending church at a particular Pentecostal denomination, he was going to that church, they had a church talent show that came up. And it was when he was first under the influence of the blues and sort of the rockabilly type of country sound. And he put things together and he went to his church and they had this talent show that was going on. And people were singing traditional hymns and songs and this type of thing. And Elvis got up at a very young age and started to sing one of the original songs that he'd put together. And it had a beat to it and it had a little bit of an excitement to it that wasn't in traditional church music at that time. pastor and the church elders came to him and said, don't you ever play anything like that ever again in this church. And it so affected him that later on in his life, he did come back to the Lord. But think what would have happened if Elvis would have had an impact with that kind of rock and roll music on a generation coming up that they could have taken that same beat and that same enthusiasm and were using it to praise Jesus. Oh, how many others are out there that sometimes the church doesn't see the power and the possibilities in their lives, and we push them out because we see them just a little bit differently than we are, and we don't understand that God could possibly use that to reach another generation. I'm not talking about taking away from biblical standards. Keep the truth of the word, but be open to new ideas. Understand that anyone can be spiritually recreated hallelujah you were recreated you were born again the power of heaven is what changes lives the other day when I was doing a funeral I had someone come through the line afterwards and uh, they came up to me and they said I'm so glad you shared the salvation message because this side of our family doesn't know anything about the Lord and they heard it today and I looked at him and I said well everybody deserves to hear the gospel And he said, I want to make sure at my funeral that somebody is speaking and teaching the truth of God's Word. And I said, well, the thing is, we need to get it to him now before the funeral. Hallelujah. We need to keep the Word of God out front. Um, uh, Meg, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. What an amazing book the Bible is. It's written pages that are filled with words that in any dialect, in any language, once people read it and believe, it will transform their lives. And in Genesis chapter 1, take a look with me, if you would, at verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Now, you know, Pastor Jeff used part of this on Sunday morning when he was receiving the offering. But I wanted to come back and touch this because it's important to know that just like God can recreate any person's life from the very beginning, we had God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know this. We've read this and talked about this before. But I want to highlight some things here because there is a trinity that God has given to us that is a plan. And sometimes it's funny how the devil tries to work. He tries to take truth and get people to deny it. That's why today in our world, it seems that everything that is wrong is now suddenly right. And everything that was right is now suddenly wrong. And people are looking at things like that and saying, well, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do. You know, that's just the way society's going. I heard a pastor say this one day. He said, well, culture is shifting so much. We need to make sure that we just move with the culture and find a way to be relevant in the culture. Well, i got to tell you something. As a believer, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I entered a new culture. You see, I live here still upon this earth, but I became a Christian. So as a Christian, I have certain things that I do. I have certain things that I don't do. And that, at times, is contrary to what the culture is doing. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. That means I made him Lord. Our world and the world system that's out there wants everything to be about us. Me, 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 instead of putting God first. So I'm going to live in a culture, and I'm going to be relevant here, but I want you to know I became a Christian. And when I became a Christian, I gave my life, I gave my body, I gave all that I have to the Lord. So did you. We we gave ourselves to God that way. And so when we see how he speaks to us about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Thank God that I have dominion over everything upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. That's what you have. You have that spiritual authority so that when something starts to attack you, you're able to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. That can be sickness and disease. That can be poverty. That can be an attitude that the world is out there presenting. Our our world right now is in such confusion when it comes to the political issues going on in our country. And people say, oh, I can't make a difference. It doesn't matter in the first place. I can't do this. I can't do that. Wait a minute. You are a believer in Christ. You have dominion over your world. So you begin to speak to those situations. You begin to speak to those issues, and you never let them control you. You control them. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it sounds like I'm a control freak. No, no, no. You're not a control freak. You're just taking dominion. Most people, when they go fishing, want to catch fish. I know, doesn't that sound silly? That that sounds pretty obvious, isn't it? But, you know, there are times that I've gone fishing before and not caught one thing. All I've done is drowned some worms. And if a fish did come up underneath and just nibble my worm away, you know, you're waiting. You're seeing that bobber start to go, and you're thinking, okay, now i got to remember, i got to pull it and set the hook in them if I'm going to reel them in. And sometimes those sneaky fish, they get down there, and it's almost like they just sort of... <laughs> Suck that worm right off of there. And you pull your bobber in, you pull your hook, and there's nothing on it. Now, I didn't say, let's go out today and just drown worms. I had the hope of catching a fish. I had the thought in my mind of grabbing it, and you want to catch Big Daddy. Haven't you that have gone fishing? You want to get the big one. You don't sit back and say, oh, let's catch some bait. Let's catch fish that look like minnows. No, you want to get the big one. I I always get enthused. We've got a dip net that we keep in our motorhome, And so when we go fishing, it's fun because uh, we don't ever catch anything big enough to be in the dip net. But sometimes the girls will get it out and have it out there. Or even the grandkids will say, should we get the net out? Sure, let's go ahead and get the net out. Who knows, you might be able to catch Big Daddy. Now... Knowing that, knowing that I want to catch doesn't mean I always catch, but I am prepared to catch. You are going into an environment that is contrary to being caught, but you need to keep putting the bait out there. You need to keep putting the bait out there, and you need to get ready to find opportunities to set the hook. You mean in people? Absolutely. Don't give up on them. Love on them. Keep speaking the word over them because that word will penetrate into their hearts. I read something the other day that Billy Graham had said, and he was speaking to a group of ministers, and this was years ago when he was first out in ministry, and he was having large tent meetings, and he was speaking in coliseums and doing these things, and one minister said to him, how can we affect the people that are listening to us preach? And Billy Graham looked at them all, and he said, People will forget what you have preached, but they'll never forget how you interacted with them. Now, isn't that interesting? There's a lot of sermons. If you've gone to church here or anyplace else, you've heard a lot of sermons in your life. And there may be some that stick out in your mind that you can remember or you've written down or you quote or something that had a huge impact on you. But isn't that the truth? That it's not so much just the preaching of the word, but if you want to make an impact, how do you deal with people? How will you interact with them? They'll remember how you spoke to them. If you're going to be around high-need people, you need to love on them. If you don't like high-need people, you need to stay away from them. Because, man, look at how mean and crabby they are. Look at this. Well, but, Pastor, I don't like those kind of people. I, I understand. If that's not for you and you can't find a way to deal with that, then you need to find ways to work in the background. Because people need to be respected, people need to be loved, and when you're going to reach out to them that way, it will touch their heart. It will open them up to the power of the gospel. I love how in the book of Genesis, well, let's look over at verse 1 here in chapter 1, if you would with me. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, you guys can probably all quote this forwards and backwards. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God, the Hebrew word there is Elohim. Elohim is a uniplural word indicating more than one personality. So think about that. Elohim was right there revealing from the very beginning that there was going to be a trinity. Hallelujah, isn't that cool? You know, you even get around some Christians, there's a little branch within Christianity that teaches that there is no trinity. Well, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning. So hallelujah, we could just go through verse after verse in chapter 1 and see how the Lord reveals the authority and the blessing he has for every believer. It is there. It's part of God's plan. But I'd like you to jump over in the New Testament with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 5 and verse 30. Acts chapter 5 and verse 30. Acts chapter 5, starting at verse 30 through 32. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So here we are just in three little verses seeing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, understanding that the very Trinity was involved in every part of God's creation. Hallelujah. Please know this. I I know most of you all have a good understanding of this, but know that God is a very detailed God. He knows that there's details in your life. He knows the things that are going on, and he's wanting to help you and to serve you. I love that scripture where the man is in front of Jesus. He had brought his son to the disciples, and they weren't able to rebuke the evil spirit that was there. And he brings him to Jesus, and Jesus said, only believe. And Jesus is looking at the man with compassion, and the man says to Jesus at that moment, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Everybody faces a time in their life where they're wanting to believe, but they're fighting unbelief. Please know this, God wants to help get rid of that unbelief. God wants to assure you that you are a woman of faith, that you are a man of faith, and that you're in the business of rebuking evil. You're in the business of tearing down mountains. You are in the place of authority and blessing that God wants to put here on the earth. Pastor Jimmy was telling me before the service, I'd seen it up on the news there, about the earthquakes that were happening over in Japan. You don't hear a lot about that right now. But how far did it actually move the island? Eight feet. They can tell from satellite pictures of the island itself that when that earthquake happened, it moved it eight feet. Now, I don't know if it broke loose from underneath. Who knows? Maybe it'll be in Hawaii tomorrow. Any way to get Kevin and Jamie closer would be great, wouldn't it? Can you imagine one earthquake? Well, I guess it was three that were right in consecutive action with each other. This earthquake takes place and it moves the island. If an earthquake can do that, please be reminded that God said you can speak to mountains and see them move. Hallelujah. That is the miracle power of our God. That is the anointing that rests inside of you. Please know that even when you go into uncomfortable situations, you are still walking in the power and the anointing of the Lord. You may get sent into a situation where there's someone who's antagonistic toward the gospel, where there's someone who doesn't like you or doesn't like anything to do with Jesus. And so you start to speak about the Lord and they get really rough on this thing. Guess what? you are still going to see the power of God flow. They may get mad at you. They may not like you talking about God. But I'm telling you this much, God has put you there to remove mountains. (laughs) I'll never forget, I met with one family one time that didn't have a church home. And they told the funeral director they wanted to have a funeral service. And so I met with the family, and they looked at me, and they said, Now, we don't want this to be a religious service. And I looked at him and I said, that's what I do. (laughs) Well, we don't want a lot of, you know, God stuff or hellfire and brimstone. Yeah, the one guy said, hellfire and brimstone. We don't want hellfire and brimstone. I said, oh, I don't minister hellfire and brimstone. I minister the glory of God. Well, okay, but we don't want it to be too religious. I said, it will not be religious at all. You see, to me, religion and religiosity is nothing but rules and regulations. I speak and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I told him the truth. And you know what? as i spoke the word as i shared i read scriptures afterwards the guy who was the most antagonistic that he didn't want it to be too religious came up to me and he said that was the most wonderful funeral service i've ever heard now, remember what I just said, and I quoted Romans 10, 9, and 10, that you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you shall be saved. Born again, a conversion takes place. Those are my words when I speak that. And he came up, that was wonderful. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but someplace along the line, he thought religion was hellfire and brimstone. Who knows what happened to his life? And you know what? Sometimes it can be like that. Depends who's preaching, I suppose. You know, some people think you got to dangle folks over over hell's fire to be able to get them to repent. (laughs) And maybe some folks you do. (laughs) I don't know. But I'm just telling you, be honest with what you speak, be honest with what you say, and minister life to people. And the Holy Spirit will do his job. Can I get an amen? amen? Now stay in the New Testament here and look in John chapter 16. Because when we talk about a healing God, when we talk about a miracle signs and wonders type God, the world does not know what to think about all that. The world sees limitations with religion and tradition and all kinds of rules and regulations. And thank God for standards and godly truth that's there that we do live by certain rules and regulations in our life, but it's because of a choice that we made to yield ourselves to God. And in John chapter 16, take a look at verse 7 and 8. Verse 7 and 8, Jesus is talking here, and he says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he, you notice in your Bible when it has a capital H there, that's because it's referring to part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Let's stop there just for a moment. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Doesn't that take a load off your shoulders? You don't have to convince the world that they're sinners. The Holy Spirit will do that. Because, you see, all have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. You all know that. We all know that. We were all sinners before we came to Christ. And then when we became his children, we became the righteousness of God through Christ. Hallelujah. We were lost and have now been found. You know these things. You've heard them from the moment you got born again. But tonight I just want to refresh them inside your mind here to know this, that the Spirit of God will convict the world of their sin. I I shared this scripture one time with someone, and they said to me, well, the Holy Spirit's not doing a very good job of it. The world's in really a lot of sin. (laughs) Can you imagine telling the Holy Spirit he's not doing a good job? Look, if I was in charge, I would make sure every sinner knew they were sinners. <laughs> Think about that. Now, aren't you glad certain people aren't in charge? Man, if they had lightning bolts in their fingers, they'd just look at someone and say, Look, at Connie's wearing a green shirt. I don't like that tonight. Zzz. Oh, Emmy, you're wearing yellow tonight. I don't like that. I like red. Zzz. In fact, red shirts are the only shirts that should exist. Well, then I'm out of here tonight. Oh, you got red on you. My wife will live. I'm going (laughs) to die. It's just so freeing. It's so liberating to know then that the righteousness will be presented also by the Holy Spirit and the judgment will be presented by the Holy Spirit. You all know what it's like to be doing something and have that inner voice of the Spirit say to you, You don't need to be doing this. You need to stop this. You need to not go any further. You need to make a change. We all know what that voice sounds like. Now, sometimes if people continue in sin, that voice seems much quieter, but it's still there. The Holy Spirit will do his job. If anything, when people get born again, when people have a revival that happens in their heart... It's all of a sudden, it's like their spirits have come alive to God again. And for the first time in a long time, they're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Man, they want to have Christian music playing. They want to have preaching and teaching going on. They can't wait to get to church. This and that's taking place, and they want a God encounter. I don't want to wait till the doctor says, you've got this disease, you better get your affairs in order. I want to serve God right now. I want to know him and live for him right now. Stay in this same chapter and drop down to verse 9 with me. Verse 9 through 11 of chapter 16 here in John. Jesus is still talking and saying, Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan was judged when Christ was upon the cross. He was in the grave and he rose again. The devil has been judged and defeated. And his whole kingdom that he's trying to spread out here, it is an unrighteous kingdom that will be washed away. Oh, hallelujah. Think about what you read in scripture after the great tribulation takes place and the final judgment takes place upon the earth. Think about how that sin will be washed away so much so that the Bible says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be all new creation that shall take place upon what God started out with. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it, I have no idea how he's going to take this earth that's been polluted and been destroyed in some places and yet rebuilt in others. I don't know how he's going to make it all new, but I know that I have a miracle working God that can do anything. He's going to do it. And if he can transform my life, if he can transform your life, then my goodness, what's another piece of dirt? He can take care of it. He can deal with it. He can bring righteousness about. Well, righteousness is not human righteousness here it's Christ's righteousness see if if we try to take too much credit for things have you ever noticed how it seems the power of god begins to lift off of you you have to be careful that you don't take too much credit for things sure it's good to have somebody pat you on the back say good job well done But you don't ever want to get to the place where you start thinking that you are the source of everything. You don't want to get to the place where you think, man, you know, the world would not be the way it is if it wasn't for me. The world would not be the way it is without Jesus. Every generation has had a Savior experience. Every generation has heard the Word. Now, what will they do with the Word? You ever notice how it seems when it comes to Hollywood types or those in the music industry that the world celebrates them for a long time, but sometimes they die of the most tragic deaths and what people used to glorify and put on all the magazine covers, they're dead and gone. They're dead and gone and nobody thinks about them anymore. Why does that happen? Because, you see, the world is looking for a savior, but they don't want to admit that Jesus Christ is the savior. So they lift up this person. They lift up that person. And the problem is those people, as they get lifted up, they get so full of themselves, they almost become their worst enemy. Yeah, but why? If the devil's lifting them up, because the devil wants their soul. The devil doesn't care about giving them some credit. The devil doesn't care about promoting them or doing something else like that because he wants them so full of the world's system and the world's righteousness that they don't ever go near God's righteousness. For every one of us, we understand that as a believer, Jesus comes first in everything that we do. Jesus is Lord of our home. Jesus is Lord of our workplace. Jesus is Lord, and the list goes on and on and on. And we understand that we are blessed. We are blessed. Now, I I know you might be facing some challenges right now, and everybody has different things that they face, but you're blessed because you have a God who is there to convict the world, to reveal his righteousness, and to show judgment to those things of sin but he's also there to lift you up, to encourage you, to bless you, and to give you the strength of his spirit. The world's been judged. It's already been settled that when God says it's all finished, believers will move up into heaven, and judgment will happen upon the face of the earth. One last scripture Why we're here together. Let's go over to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and if you look down at verse 25 with me. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 27. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the Christ Jesus to do for him according to the customs of the law. Let's stop there for a moment. The Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple, to be able to see Jesus. There's nothing here that exactly says how many years he'd been praying for Messiah. But he'd been praying for Messiah to come. He had been interceding for the nation of Israel. He had seen governments rise and fall. He had seen the Romans come in and dominate their land and control things, try to pervert their temple. He had seen all these things go on, and yet he was interceding for the day that Jesus Christ would come. Thank God for those intercessors. Thank God for the prayer warriors. Thank God for those that are not willing to give up just on what they see in the natural, but they're standing in faith, believing. So what's God do for him? He says, I want you to go to the temple. I want you to go in, and sure enough, as Mary and Joseph are coming into the temple to present Jesus for the circumcision, for everything else that would take place at that moment in Jewish tradition and the habit of the people, he got to see the baby Jesus. What's the big deal? He he hadn't even died for the sins of mankind yet. It was the manifestation of his prayer that the Savior was there. See, for him, he already had the revelation. He was just getting to see the manifestation. He knew that the Savior was coming. He had interceded. He had prayed. He was a man of faith that was trusting God, and God was manifesting his glory. Can you imagine the moment he held up that baby in his arms, the moment that he saw that child in the temple, and to him all of a sudden the temple was a holy of holy places, and now he was seeing the true temple of God. The power of God was in Jesus from that moment forward, all the other things that would take place, and he saw the answer to his prayers. My prayer for every one of you tonight is for you to be encouraged and to see the answer to your prayers. Don't give up just because it seems to be a long time coming. Don't give up because you don't see something manifest right away. If it had not been for people like him, and later on we hear the other story about Anna, same thing. She had been interceding and praying. Thank God for godly men and women. Hallelujah, here they're mentioned in Scripture, and we talk about them. Maybe your name is not written down on everybody's list. Oh, well, you know, when so-and-so prays, miracle signs and wonders happen. Now, I pray that you have people that start to notice what's going on, but you don't live for that. You don't live for recognition. Oh, look at who just interce- oh, came in through the back door. The chief intercessor. Oh, let's all give him a hand. Oh, That may never happen to you, but in the Spirit, the angels of God know your name, and the demons of hell know your name, because you are a man or a woman of faith. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three-in-one, working in your life. So do not be discouraged. Do not give up when you're standing for healing. Do not give up when you're praying for your family to come to Christ. Do not give up when things look like they're in chaos. Of course they are in the world. The world doesn't have anything except chaos to give. But the Spirit of the living God has glory and power and strength. Tonight as we pray together here, I believe that the Spirit of the living God wants to rise up in you like never before that you walk in power and strength in all that you do, and we're going to be praying. If you want prayer, you can come up front. We'll be happy to lay hands on you, and we're just believing that Spirit of the living God would fall fresh upon every single one of us. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shelly, we're going to be praying over you. You and your family take off to head to California tomorrow, right? You're heading out there, Haley's getting married, all the other things that are going on. You need to be able to have safe travel. You need your luggage to get with you and be there. (laughs) Hallelujah. You're going out west to the land of fruits and nuts and everything else out there. (laughs) You need the power of God if you're going to California because those folks don't live like you do. All of a sudden, when you get out there, Carbon Cliff's going to look really good. (laughs) Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Mold me, make me, build me, fill me with the glory of Almighty God. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Boy, I tell you, just join with me. Would you just close your eyes, lift up your hands before the Lord, and let's call out to Jesus. Just love on him tonight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy.